This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture and I'm Julia Jacobs. It's another episode of Plastic Soup where we ask whether we've indeed turned our planet into a giant bowl of plastic soup and explore ways to get out of this goop. So according to the IUCN, it's estimated that over 300 million tonnes of plastic are produced every year for use in a wide variety of applications and at least 14 million tonnes of plastic end up in the ocean every year and plastic makes up about 80% of all marine debris found from surface waters to deep sea sediments. Now, the International Coastal Cleanup, or the ICC, takes place every September, where volunteers around the world come together to clean beaches and waterways of trash, a global effort that has been running for more than 35 years. In Malaysia, the campaign is coordinated annually by Reef Check Malaysia. And this year, uh, I was reading volunteers collectively removed over 1,000 kilograms of trash in one day alone. What makes up this waste? So I'm going to find out from Teresa Ng, who is a program development manager at Reef Check Malaysia and who, I think, coordinates the international National Coastal Cleaners. Welcome, Teresa. How are you today? I'm good, Juliet. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. So yes, I think the last time uh, we spoke to you on the show was back in 2020, right? Uh, when the last physical uh, ICC was coordinated by you know the good folks like you at Reef Check Malaysia. Um, and of course, you, as I mentioned, you know you've been organising this in Malaysia for a few years now. Can you just remind our listeners, you know, how these coastal cleanups first started? I believe it was in Texas, right, over 30 years ago. Yeah, exactly. So the campaign started off um, in the United States and um, it began over 35 years ago. Um, and since then, it became a global campaign. Um, We've checked Malaysia has been coordinating uh, nationwide beach cleanups in Malaysia since 2018. And um, we've seen an increase in number of volunteers getting involved each year. Okay, so very promising. And uh, yeah, I think it's something that, you know, folks always uh, look forward to uh, as well in September. And it's usually held annually on the third Saturday in September, right? But actually, you know, throughout September, folks kind of, uh, you know, do these sorts of activities, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So um, globally, it's held on the third Saturday of September each year. Mm-hmm. Um, for Malaysia, we decided this year that we'll push it forward a week because it was the Malaysia Day long weekend. Uh-huh. Um, and it's then like, a lot of people will be on holidays or they'll be traveling. Um, so we decided to push it uh, one week forward. But um, anyone could participate in September and we collected data and um, collated that into our ICC report um, for, for Malaysia okay. for any time between the 1st to 30th September this year. Okay, excellent. And we'll, we'll get to the, the findings of that report in a little bit. But, you know, if we just look at those stats that I mentioned from IUCN uh, that I quoted earlier, right? So clearly we have a very big problem, isn't it? Um, can you just remind our listeners how plastic pollution actually affects the marine environment, you know, how it threatens the ocean's health and, and also human health, you know, in that sense? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm sure a lot of us have seen, um, you know, in news and um, social media, um, images of, of marine mammals. Um, you know, dying from plastic ingestion or getting tangled in plastic debris. Um, and it affects marine life, um, you know, it affects everything. So it affects from um, coral reefs all the way to, you know, bigger mammals like whales. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's not even, um, it's not just a, a problem in Malaysia. It's, it's you know, it's transboundary, um, there's no borders, Marine debris can be floating around in our oceans for years and years and years um, before it washes up um, onto shores with with, with tides and waves. Um, And I think 
to address this issue, it really takes uh, a concerted effort, a uh, global effort, and it ranges from individuals to governments to corporations as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, we need to think also things like uh, coastal tourism is affected. Uh, it also contributes to, I think, things like climate change, isn't it? All of it, all of it has a trickle-down effect. All of it, you know, comes together and it's a really vicious cycle, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, you know, it affects also... Um, our fisher folks as well, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, you know, when, when they try to fish and you know, things get entangled in their nets as well. Um, as well as obviously, you know, as, as tourists, we want to go to a pristine location. Yeah. Uh, when you go scuba diving or snorkeling, it's it's not beautiful to see to see trash floating around, um, swimming along with you <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, so it affects everything. So it doesn't even just affect like um, economics uh, in terms of that. But, you know, there's been um, studies that says that you know, microplastics have been found in, in human blood. Yeah. Um, and it's really worrying. Um, obviously, ex- uh, more research needs to be done to find out, you know, the extent of how it affects us, human beings. But it's just worrying to even know that, that, that you know, a foreign, foreign objects are, are being found in our bodies, right? Yeah, definitely. If human placenta even, right? I think it was 2020 they found that, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it's very worrying. I mean, you know, being found in, in like babies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know? <laughs> Um, and of course, um, you know, some things like like things like this, you know, things like beach cleanups, you know, they are, of course, crucial to stopping marine debris uh, getting into our waterways, right? Maybe you can help explain how that happens. I think beach cleanup is one of the ways to raise awareness mm-hmm. of the seriousness of the issue. Um, obviously, we can't keep cleaning up beaches forever. Well, the main, the, main, the main thing we should focus on is trying to prevent litter or debris from ending up in our environments in the first place. And I guess it takes a whole range of solutions, a whole range of um, effort from everyone, from um, the infrastructure for collection, um, you know, our behaviour in terms of trying to separate our, our waste at home or separate our waste at source um, to, to encourage um, easier recycling. Um, and it goes down to also like uh, producers, you know, um, making sure that they are their products are easily recyclable or reusable and, you know, not not something that is single-use, um, that, you know, use once and throw away. So it, it has a range of solutions and even goes up to, you know, policies, government policies to ensure that that we that we adhere to, to better production, better uh, recycling, enforcement to make sure that this happens. Mm-hmm. And also, obviously, it takes um, intergovernment um, effort as well. Because, um, like I said, marine debris is a transboundary issue. So, how do we ensure that you know every everyone plays a part in ensuring that um, no, no waste gets into the environment? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very big big issue. <laughs> it is. It's huge, right? Um, uh, and it's an all of society sort of approach. But you know, very very importantly, um, governments and also corporations who are producing uh, these plastics also have to be held accountable, isn't it? Um, let's talk a little bit about the beach cleanup that happened this year. Um, talk to me a little bit about you know the waste composition from ICC in Malaysia from two thousand and twenty two. I mean, what what data have you collated so far? Wow, um, we were actually really impressed because um, it's our first. I guess, major uh, physical event after after COVID-19 lockdowns. Yeah. Um, and we were, we were really glad to have about 9,000 volunteers participating um, wow. in the whole of September. Mm-hmm. And we actually had about 140 loca- 42 locations all around Malaysia. Okay. Um, and, and it was, well, it's a bit worrying, but, um, but we collected collectively about 24,000 kilograms of trash. 
Wow. Um, yeah, it is, it's colossal, right? The amount. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I can share what the top three items found. So this this consisted of uh, beach cleanups mm-hmm. or also underwater cleanups as well. So, so we had divers going out um, cleaning up trash um, okay. from the water. So um, cigarette butts was our top item. We collected about 55,000 um, cigarette butts. Okay. Um, the second most collected item was plastic bottles. Um, there was about 44,000 of them. Okay. And um, this was a bit, uh, I guess the most con- concerning one is um, plastic or foam pieces less than 2.5 centimeters. So these are like maybe plastic or foam pieces that have been broken down or disintegrated um, when, when it's exposed in the environment to sun, to, to water. So we collected about 34,600 uh, wow. pieces of plastic and foam pieces. And these are the ones that are you know, being ingested by marine mammals as well. Okay, all yeah. right. Um, that is, I mean, that is huge. And I, I mean, how would this, how would these stats compare to, let's say, the last physical event, which was in 2020, right? Yeah, so 2020, uh, we had a much smaller beach cleanup. Um, it was in September in between um, our lockdowns. So we had a much smaller number of uh, locations. We had about 70 locations. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also encouraged people to, to make sure that they were, um, you know, they had some physical distancing and they make sure that their groups were smaller in size. Yeah. So we only had about like a third of the number of volunteers that we had this year. So we had about 3,000 volunteers. Um, this was into 2020, right? This is in 2020. Yeah. And we collected, even, even, even with... Um, Less number of volunteers, we collected about 11,000 kilograms of trash. Um, wow. And the top three items were quite similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, plastic bottles, um, cigarette butts, as well as plastic and foam pieces as well. Oh, so it's the same. So, but it was in different order. So plastic bottles was, was the top, top. Um, item. Right. Um, and the cigarette butts was, was the second top item. Um, okay. And then plastic and foam pieces um, was the third Okay. All right. So, okay. So the usual suspects. Um, we're just going to go for a quick break, Teresa. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about other types of uh, waste that's typically found, you know, during these cleanup sessions. I'm speaking today to Teresa Ng. She's a program development manager at Reef Check Malaysia. She also organizes uh, the International Coastal Cleanup, uh, which is an event that takes place every September, where volunteers around the world come together to clean beaches and waterways of trash. We'll have more after this quick break. You're listening to Plastic Soup on Earth Matters, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. It's another episode of Plastic Soup where we ask whether we've indeed turned our planet into a giant bowl of plastic soup and explore ways to get out of this gross goop. So Teresa Ng is joining me today. She's the Program Development Manager at Reef Check Malaysia. She also helps to organise the uh, the International Coastal Cleanup or the ICC which takes place every September uh, where we see volunteers from around the world coming together to clean beaches and waterways of trash. Basically, it's a global effort that's been running for more than 35 five years uh, and you know it's a way to uh, it's part of the piece of the puzzle I suppose to, to prevent uh, marine debris from getting into our waterways which as you know as Teresa mentioned before the break has really really devastating impacts so uh, before the break Teresa you know you, you you named the three main culprits I suppose yeah in terms of um, what, uh, the t- types of trash that are collected uh, during these uh, uh, cleanups so uh, for this year of course number one was cigarette buds uh, then it was plastic bottles followed by plastic foam pieces but I'm just curious what sort of other ways are typically found during these cleanup sessions you know what are the most sort of uh, common types of garbage found on beaches, I suppose, yeah. Um, yeah, so besides the top three items that I mentioned, um, most of them are actually um, um, plastic 
So it'll be like um, plastic bags or food wrappers, um, candy wrappers, um, chips wrappers, um, and even boils down to to some really weird items that people find on beaches. So it can end up being diapers. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. And also um, sometimes we find like um, large um, items like fridges are discarded fridges. on beaches. Yeah. Um, the beach. Oh, dear. Yeah, it would probably be like illegal dumping, sure. sort of huge tires um, I also found mm-hmm. um, on beaches. So it's really a wide range of items. Sometimes we're surprised by what we find as well. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, I would have to admit that most of the items that we find are plastic components. So it could be straws, uh, plastic stirrers, um, beverage sachets. And, and sometimes... Um, we find also lots of discarded uh, fishing gear mm-hmm. or fishing nets um, mm-hmm. that get, sometimes gets washed up. And sometimes um, we call them ghost nets uh, or, or ghost gear. So this could be abandoned, lost or discarded um, fishing gear. And these are actually uh, quite deadly as well to, to the marine ecosystems. It's, it floats around for over huge distances. It traps lots of um, turtles and fishes um, in it. And also kind of small, those coral reefs, um, mm-hmm. trawler nets or fishing nets. Um, so it's actually one of uh, a big issue as well. And and in Tioman Island, where we have a, um, a team uh, who's based on the island for, for the past eight years, um, we've, we've conducted uh, underwater cleanups to remove um, ghost nets um, practically every month. Um, we, have, we have to do that. And sometimes it's it's huge, it's hundreds of kilograms of net at a time, and it's really, really hard to to clear these nets um, once it gets entangled in, in cor- among coral reefs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and, so I'm, yeah. Sorry, and just can you paint that picture of, you know, what exactly is the impact of these ghost nets? You know, I mean, what happens to the marine life? What happens to the coral reefs when all of these things are just sort of left there? Um, if it's left there, it, it, it's, it's a, actually... A, a death trap to <laughs> trap to um, marine mammals. Um, we've, you know, when we did ghost net removers, we've also, you know, found lots of dead fishes, um, dead turtles, sometimes sharks as well get entangled in it. And because they're stuck there, so they can't, you know, look for food, and um, eventually they actually die while while getting um, trapped there. Mm-hmm. Um, and corals as well, it gets entangled, and it, it's just. Um, I guess smothers the coral reefs sure, yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So basically, a death trap, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It All right. Okay. And you know, I, I remember speaking many, many years ago to to Von Hernandez, and he's the um, global coordinator for the uh, of the Break Free from Plastic movement. He was as he was at the time when I spoke to him, and he mentioned, you know, how uh, when they do these sorts of um, trash audits uh, during the coastal cleanups over in the Philippines, you know, things like single sachet uh, plastic or single use um, plastic was one of the leading sort of, I guess, leading culprits, you know, in terms of um, uh, the waste that was collected. Would you agree that companies have control over how they package products, you know, how raw materials for plastic are sourced, how their pro- products are packaged for delivery, you know, that they also play a very important part in, in you know, sh- in reshaping how they produce, number one, and also shifting consumer behaviour? Mm, exactly. So I think both producers and consumers have a role to play. Sure. Um, it's a supply and demand issue. So I know in the Philippines, um, the sachet is, 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 is it's a huge industry. Most people buy things 
um, you know, they, 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 afford, they can afford to buy things um, in small, small, smaller quantities, right? That's so, right. Um, but I think maybe producers can try to find ways to make sure that the materials they use to, let's say, pack um, smaller quantities or smaller bottles or smaller um, plastic sachets to, to perhaps um, make sure that it's more recyclable, the materials. So um, not every, not all plastics are recyclable. Yeah. Um, and, and it boils down to, to whether it's a, a monolayer or multi-layer um, plastic. Sometimes, you know, um, sachets or our food wrappers um, is lined with aluminium mm-hmm. um, on the inside. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's actually quite difficult, almost impossible to, to recycle these items. Um, or it's too costly to make it to make business sense for recyc- for recyclists. Um, so perhaps you know this could be even um, scientists or researchers who can who can develop new materials that make sure that products are are still kept fresh. Um, but you know, but the materials are easily recyclable, or reusable. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I guess um, things like you know make sure that. Um, Plastics are um, clear. Plastics are more recyclable than, let's say, coloured plastics, for example. Like black plastics are really hard to recycle. Mm. Um, so, so things like maybe consumers can also choose to to purchase things that that they know are more recyclable. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's quite essential to sort of, and I hate to use the word, but to prohibit and perhaps, I mean, curb, right, the use of single-use plastics and disposables. I mean, that alone, I think, will, will make a huge difference, isn't it, if it, it happens on a on a national and a global level in that sense. Policy, yeah, exactly. policy level, sorry, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah policy level. And also perhaps, you know, um, there can be a minimum requirement of the recycled materials that you use yeah. in products. Yeah. So that makes, that makes sure that... Um, Items are collected because there's more value in this in, in, in the recycled materials because there's a, a demand for it to to reuse these materials in, in the new production of, of goods. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess you know the, the question always is right. What would happen if we continue on a business as usual pathway? You know, what might current plastic emissions to the environment amount to? Well, I guess um, if we continue business as it is. Um, We'll, we'll definitely have more plastics in our environment if we don't change our behavior. Um, I mean, there's only so much that, that our planet Earth can take, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, before before things come to a point where there's a point of no return, like um, perhaps we cannot clean up fast enough or or um, you know clear up our, our plastics fast enough. Yeah. Um, our marine environments might get destroyed. Um, our our food source might might be depleted. Um, it's, it's, it's endless, right? So I think um, as people are more aware, um, and I hope that um, everyone can work together to to find solutions um, to address the issue of, of, of plastics in our environment. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I was reading some stats. Um, they said that it will quadruple, you know, to nearly 90 million metric tons per year of plastic, uh, you know, emissions to the environment if we don't... Um, yeah, if we don't change, basically, right? And I mean, yeah. a fundam- I guess, you know, simply put, we really fundamentally need to rethink our relationship with plastic and restructure our plastics economy as well, isn't it? Definitely. Um, and also, I think, you know, like, you know, us as individuals, um, um, we can also play our part by, you know, informing our family and friends, um, spreading awareness um, on how we consume, 
um, also, I guess we can also uh, put pressure on on who who we purchase from and what we purchase. Um, if people choose to have more environmentally friendly products or goods, I'm sure um, there'll be a market change, and you know people would will actually use more sustainable uh, materials um, yeah. for mm-hmm. their goods. Yeah, and I think also if you know if we simplify recycling, if we simplify you know collection and things like that, that also is uh, a major, uh, I suppose, source of help. You know, in, in curbing this sort of plastic pollution from you know uh, escaping into the environment if we use that. And actually, I'm just curious. You know, based on all of this, these cleanups right, and all that trash that you collect, what actually happens to that trash once you've collected it? Um, a lot of them will be sent to landfills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've collaborated uh, with local councils throughout um, all our cleanups. Um, they've been really helpful in uh, providing um, um, collection receptacle, uh, the big bins uh, for us to put our trash after. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, most of the uh, items we find on the beaches are plastics, but unfortunately, because they're either degraded or they've been exposed in the, um, in the environment for so long, it's not actually uh, financially viable to recycle them. Um, they're too dirty or they're broken down or they are... Um, not made of plastics that are recyclable, mm-hmm. um, that unfortunately is really hard to, to send them to recyclers. Uh, most recyclers won't take um, contaminated plastics. Um, it'd be so much um, better if we actually prevent them from getting in the environment, segregate our waste at source, um, then these materials are highly valuable for recyclers. Yeah. Um, and when they collect it, and, they, and then it does get recycled. Um, also, um, in Malaysia, um, the most widely recycled types of plastics are um, plastic types one, two, and five. Um, I think um, most of the listeners might know that, you know, usually there's a triangle and there's a, a number in, in the middle. So one, two, and five, which is, which is uh, PET, HDP, and PP, um, most of the other types of plastics are not as easily recyclable or accepted mm-hmm. um, um, by the recyclers here in Malaysia. Okay. All right. And I guess, you know, you've been doing this for many, many years now, uh, these, uh, you know, cleanups, right? Um, What sort of changes have you witnessed over the years, you know, both positive and negative um, since you started doing the cleanups? Um, I guess positive is um, we've noticed more people are interested to participate. Um, For example, this year we've had um, lots of corporate groups uh, who wanted to do volunteers. They wanted to uh, raise awareness among their their team or their employees. um, but also, the, the, I guess the negative part, the sad part is we've not seen you know, a decrease in the number of trash that we found on our beaches, unfortunately. Um, and, and it seems like um, the issue is, is, is still a big problem. Yeah. Um, it's not getting better. Um, when we first started off our um, ICC campaign in 2018, we had this um, very idealistic and ambitious goal of saying, like, no more beach cleanups in 10 years. Um, and it's obviously in 2022 now, and um, I think we probably have to do beach cleanups for a few more years to go okay. um, before we solve this issue. Okay. Yeah, I mean, as you said, it's not it's not the solution. It's it's just yeah something that we can do. But um, yeah, there's a lot of change that needs to happen, isn't it, Teresa? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I know that you guys actually have a uh, a Facebook group, isn't it? It's called Malaysians Against Marine Debris. I mean, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so we started off that Facebook group as a, um, I guess an informal way for people who are interested to to organize beach cleanups or wanted to share information on how to perhaps avoid single-use plastics or provide alternative solutions. Um, and um, anyone can, can join the group. Um, we've got people who um, put a shout out to say, like, I'm recruiting volunteers to help me 
um, in this location and they share photos of how much trash they've, they've seen on the beach, perhaps like you know, the weekend before and say like this weekend we're going to go out and you know um, clean up the beaches. And it's a way for people to also network and get together and share ideas as well. Um, we do share our success stories on it, um, you know, um, what, how much we've collected um, over a weekend, for example. Um, and it's really um, good to see people sharing ideas and sharing uh, the efforts on, on this Facebook group. So I invite our listeners to, to, to join the Facebook group, um, Malaysians Against Marine Debris. I'm interested to, to I guess, um, find solutions together to solve this, this big issue together. Yeah. yeah, and actually, sorry, there's something that I wanted to ask, which I forgot to. You know, uh, all of the data that you guys collect, right? What is actually done with it? You know, um, can it or is it being used to develop solutions to stop waste from entering the oceans? You know, what's uh, yeah? What are some of the plans for the data? I suppose yeah. Um, we do contribute it to to Ocean Conservancy, um, who is, I guess, the global coordinator for the ICC campaign, mm-hmm. um, and they collect reports uh, to of, I guess, the most um. Uh, concerning items that's found globally, and and they do do some lobbying, they do some advocacy reports. Um, here in Malaysia, um, we share data with um, uh, with the government agencies, and so we do have the national roadmap towards single, zero single use plastics. So Simon's um, would be like, hey, what's top ten most con- con- concerning items? So we contribute data in terms of what we find on beaches, but obviously there's other data source involved as well, like you know what items could be easily replaced or, uh, from the industry, for mm-hmm. example, yeah. uh, what new materials we can use to, for example, um, cotton buds, you know, do we really need the plastic stems on it? Can it be paper stems, for example? Mm. Um, no, it doesn't really affect um, the, the usability of it. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So there, there is a concerted effort there, and I mean, I mean, you're hopeful, of course, right? You remain hopeful. I'm sure that's a. <laughs> it's a. Hard you to... have to. Be, you have to remain hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Teresa, uh, for joining me today. Before I let you go, uh, any last message that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, I guess the last message would um, we all can play a part, and it's up to us individuals to you know envision what um, what kind of world we want to live in or leave for our future generations to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just you know, out of curiosity, also, you know, I mean, of course, Reef Check Malaysia, you know, does a lot of work um, protecting our reefs and all of that. But what are some other things that you guys are working on in terms of you know continuing to tackle the plastic waste pollution uh, crisis that we are facing? Um, we're actually working on um, introducing waste management and recycling systems on some of the islands we work on. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, this is not just a problem in Malaysia. Small remote islands have less um, accessibility to infrastructure that we have in the cities. There's not, there's not going to be a local council um, or a truck coming door to door to pick up the trash. Um, unfortunately, a lot of uh, ways to dispose of trash is to dump it directly into the ocean, um, to open burning or burying. Um, and it's not environmentally friendly or a good solution in the long term. Mm-hmm. So we've started some small-scale um, door-to-door collection um, on some of the islands we work on, um, and also encourage them to recycle their, their waste. So, for example, we're working on um, Mantanani Island in Sabah, as well as Larapan Island. Mm-hmm. Um, we've introduced uh, a recycling system on Tioman Island, as well as on um, we supported a, uh, a lo- another local NGO on Burden Island to introduce recycling on the island as well. Mm-hmm. We've um, also done a, a huge study in uh, 2020 during the lockdown on what's the current situation in Malaysia. It's a full report on 
the current waste management and sewage system. And unfortunately, there's a lot of islands that we have zero zero collection at the moment. Yeah. And I mean, thinking about it, right, I mean, we all love going to our islands. Uh, we should really minimise the uh, the trash that we bring there, you know, try and take out as much as we bring in and those sorts of things, isn't it? There has to be some, yeah, some feasible sort of waste management systems. We need to think about capacity in these places as well. All of that, isn't it? Exactly. Um, and we as tourists going to an island, we want it to, to obviously enjoy a holiday and have a clean beach, yeah. right? But also... Um, waste collection, it's, it costs it costs money, right? We need to pay someone to collect. We need to pay for the transportation out to the mainland um, to be disposed properly. Mm. Um, so there are costs involved, um, and it's an ongoing cost, obviously. Um, so how do we ensure that perhaps maybe there's a tourism fee or, you know, there's a resort fee that goes into to making sure that waste are collected? So um, there has to be a system that... that that it should be applicable throughout Malaysia, for example. Yeah, and then there isn't one at the moment, is there? There isn't one at the moment, unfortunately not. Okay, all right. So, okay. Lots of things to think about there, uh, <laughs> Teresa. Um, thank you again uh, for joining me today. And, you know, if folks would like to uh, find out more about the ICC or, you know, about, um, I guess, the report, you know, and sort of like uh, there, there will be a, a report released uh, or is it already yes. released? Yeah. Uh, there'll be a, a report release and we'll publish it on our website. Okay. Uh, and it's www.reefcheck.org.my. Okay. All right. That's reefcheck.org.my. Thank you again to uh, to you, Teresa, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Teresa Ng, Program Development Manager at Reefcheck Malaysia. She was It was another episode of Plastic Soup on Earth Matters and we were talking about the International Coastal Cleanup 2022. If you miss any part of our conversation today, just download the podcast at bfm.my slash earth or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.